that. Well, this morning I am excited. Uh, we're going to begin a brand new series today entitled Unleashed. And I want you to look with me in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 81 verse 10. And in Psalms 81 verse 10, God is reminding the children of Israel of something. He is reminding them of who he is and of what he has done. And then also he's reminding them because of who he is and what he's done, what he can do in their lives. So I want you to look at this scripture today with me. So the Bible starts out, God says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of of Egypt. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. How many of you glad that our God is a God who still brings us out of bondage? Amen? How many of you glad that God still brings people out of Egypt? Egypt represented sin. It represented bondage. It represented slavery. And I am so glad that we serve a God who still brings us out. Amen? That's kind of weak. Amen? I mean, has anybody in here been brought out of bondage? Anybody in here been born again, been saved? Man, I'm just telling you, I'm so thankful that I remember when I was 15 years old and I got born again. It was a Sunday night in a little Baptist church in Gold Ridge, Alabama. And I remember sitting there on the second row on the wing side of that little Baptist church. Our associate pastor was preaching. And I remember sitting there about five, ten minutes in the message, holding on to the back of the pew, gripping with those white knuckles, you know. And I couldn't wait for him to hush. I remember thinking, I wish he would hurry up and shut up so I can go to the altar and get saved. I mean, I was ready. I was ready to come to the Lord. And I'll never forget that day because it changed my life forever. The Lord brought me out of Egypt. He brought me out of bondage to sin. And guess what? He is still working on me. <laughs> He's still bringing me out. Amen. There are still things in my life that God's bringing me out of. There's still things that God is not just bringing me out of. But here's the good news. When God brings you out of Egypt, God's ultimate heart is to take you out of bondage so he can bring you in to a promised land, right? There is a place, there is a destiny, there is a purpose, and there is a plan from the very heart of God for each and every one of us that are here today. And God so loved the world, amen, that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Well, then the psalmist goes on, and the Lord says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And then he says this, Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. If you're taking notes, look on our outline this morning. That first point is simply this. The heartbeat of this message is for us to learn how to open wide our mouths and let God fill our mouths with his word. The heartbeat of this message over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how do we do that? How do we learn how to open wide our mouths and let God fill our mouths with his word? Now, just to be honest with you, the context of this scripture in Psalms 83, when, when the Psalms is said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, open wide thy mouth and I will fill it, God was literally talking about food. <laughs> God was talking about the fact of the children of Israel. He said, guys, I want you to remember something. I am the Lord your God. And if you, don't, if you don't forget, I also brought you out of the land of Egypt. And if you remember, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt, I rained manna down from heaven. I brought in the quails to feed you. I brought water out of the rock to give you something to drink. I am the Lord your God. And if you'll just look to me, if you'll have faith in me, if you'll lift your eyes to me and just open your mouth, guess what God says? I'll fill it. God says, I am not only a God that can deliver you, but I'm also a God that can provide for you. How many know that God can actually put $5 a gallon gas in your car? <laughs> 
And he can meet your daily needs. God can meet your needs. That's what he's saying to the children of Israel. He's saying, hey, if you'll just open your mouth, I'll fill your mouth. I'll give you provision. I'll give you bread bread to eat. I'll give you everything you need to satisfy your needs. And as I was reading that scripture, the Holy Spirit really quickened it in my heart. He said, Keith, he said, what I want you to understand is not only does God want to fill our mouths with the food that we need to eat, but he wants us to know something. He wants us to know and understand that we need to recognize that the words that fill our mouths are also the very things that fill our lives. God wants us to learn how to open our mouth and let God fill our mouth with His words. With the kind of words that bring life. With the kind of words that allow us to become who God has called us to be. With the kind of words that actually move us forward into His plan instead of disconnecting us from His path for our lives. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about the power of our words. We're going to talk about how do we let God fill our mouths with His word so that our lives can be filled with the good things That God really does have in store for us. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 18. Verse 20 and 21. Most of us are probably familiar with verse 21. But verse 20 kind of sets the stage and gives us a little bit of a deeper understanding. Look what Proverbs 18 20 says. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. A man's stomach is satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Not what he puts in his mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. And his life will be filled by the fruit of his lips. This is what Solomon is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The words of your mouth will actually determine the quality and the condition of your life. What you say actually is what you get in your life. You're going to be filled with the fruit of your mouth. Let me ask you kind of a sobering question today. If everything that you said this week was supernaturally and magically manifested right now in your life, would it be a good thing? If everything that you said this week was manifested right now in this moment in your life, would it be a good thing? Because the Bible says that a man's belly and his life will be filled with the fruit of his lips. Your words, as we're going to see today, have power. And we're going to recognize there is creative power in the words that we speak. And that God's word in our mouth does amazing things. And even our words in our mouth does amazing things. The very next verse, verse 21, we know this one a little better. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So let's kind of drill down on that thought. Look at that next point on your outline. So our words are literally spiritual dynamite. Spiritual dynamite releasing life or death, blessing or curses. Our words are spiritual dynamite. They're releasing life or death, blessing or cursing. Every time you open your mouth, you're releasing these things called words. They're spiritual containers that have dynamite power. The power to destroy or the power to give life. 
When you think about dynamite and just think about what can happen through dynamite, dynamite can blow up a building, dynamite can destroy a life, but dynamite can also blow a hole through the side of a mountain and open a pathway for an entire new community to be built and to live. That's the power of our words. Our words are spiritual dynamite that have the power of death and life in our tongues. And we know it's true, right? We know that death and life is in the power of the tongue. We know that our words can bless or they can curse, they can heal or they can hurt, right? We've all been wounded by the words of somebody else's mouth. You ever had somebody say something and it was almost like you were hit with a ton of bricks? I don't know who said sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that guy was a fool. <laughs> break my arm because I'll probably get over that quicker than the words that pierce our hearts and impact our lives because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And words can heal and words can wound. And we have all experienced the realization of both of those truths. Death and life is in the power of your tongue. I was thinking about dynamite, spiritual dynamite. I thought about, you know what, God, I'm so thankful that there have been what I just want to call some truth bombs in my life. You ever had a truth bomb go out? You ever had somebody speak the truth to you in such a way that it liberated you, that it freed you, that it set you free? If you've been born again, you heard a truth bomb, right? Somewhere along the line, you heard the truth of the gospel that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that truth bomb liberated you from the bondage of sin and brought you into life and freedom. I know a lot of people who have battled with addiction and all of a sudden one day they heard a truth bomb. <laughs> And all of a sudden, the truth of God's Word exploded in their life, and the shackles of addiction were broken and dissolved and destroyed off their life. And they automatically, by the power of God, came out of a life of decay and destruction and stepped into the liberty and freedom of God. I've seen marriages on the brink of divorce where couples couldn't even stand to look at each other or be in the same room together for more than five minutes. And I've seen the truth of the gospel go off in the hearts and lives of people. And I've seen marriages restored. And I've seen families restored. And I've seen lives put back together just by the simple declaration of the truth. And when that truth bomb explodes in your life, it dis disintegrates the things that want to bind us. And it liberates our soul and empowers us. The power of truth, the power of a word. Proverbs says that a word rightly spoken is like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. It's a beautiful, powerful thing that pierces our hearts and gives us life. And the flip side of that truth is not only are there truth bombs, but I was thinking about bombs and explosives, and I thought, you know what? There's actually some sarcastic stinger missiles out there, too. <laughs> I mean, you ever been hit by one of them sarcastic stinger missiles? I mean, this that word that was spoken, that critical word, that judgmental word, that accusing word, that word of condemnation, that sarcastic word that, that was kind of supposed to be a joke, but we all know it really wasn't a joke because there was some meaning behind what was being said, and all of a sudden you walked away wounded and broken and angry and distraught and upset because of what had just been said. If you don't believe in the power of words, uh, then just watch people's reactions as they scroll through social media. <laughs> Let somebody drop a little sarcastic missile on you on Facebook or social media, and we will find out how powerful those words really can be in inflicting harm or bringing health and wholeness. Blessing and 
life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Blessing and cursing comes to the power of the tongue. I want to challenge you today to think about the words that you speak. Think about the life that you're creating. Think about what you're releasing into your world. I, I challenge people sometimes. Every now and then I'll have somebody say, Well, Pastor Keith, you know what? What is wrong with cussing or profanity or curse words? You know, they're just words. <laughs> you ever heard somebody say, Well, they're just words. And, and to be honest with you, I know a lot of people who use what we would call profanity or curse words or cuss a lot. And many of those people aren't really thinking about what they're saying. It was the environment they were raised in. It was the culture they were groomed in. And they grew up hearing those words being used every day in normal situations. And some people can't talk <laughs> unless they curse. <laughs> but let me tell you why words matter. Words matter because cuss words are actually, if you break it down, they're actually curse words. We call it cursing. So just think about what that literally means. When I say a curse word, I am cursing my family. I am cursing my job. I am cursing my car. You guys have heard me share this. I, I work construction. I laid carpet and flooring for many years. And I can't tell you how many guys that I saw in the construction industry that would curse their tools and curse their job and curse their van and curse their truck and curse and curse and curse. And they never could figure out why everything kept breaking and my stuff kept working. <laughs> I mean, I'm using tools my daddy used 25 years before I was born and they're still doing what they were supposed to do and they're buying a new tool every other week. Think about how people curse. Maybe not with what we would consider profanity, but how we curse our families, how we curse our children, how we curse our marriages. Nothing's ever going to change. We're never going to be on the same page. We're never going to figure this out. Think about how we curse our own lives. No matter how I try, nothing ever works out for me. We're never going to get out of debt. Nothing's ever going to change. Nothing good ever happens to me. And all of a sudden, if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves cursing our lives, our family, our children. And the Holy Spirit kind of quickened something to me this week as I was praying. He said, Keith, do you realize, do you realize that the life that most people envision doesn't match the words that they speak. See, most people kind of envision, right? Nobody really gets up and, and dreams about being miserable and being angry and being frustrated and being full of jealousy and pride and, 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 and bitterness. Nobody dreams of getting divorced and nobody dreams of losing a child to an early death. Nobody dreams of bankruptcy. Nobody dreams of losing their house and losing their car. Nobody dreams of bad things. We have this vision in our life of these good things. But the Holy Spirit checked my heart. He said, Keith, think about it. Of all the images and ideas that we have for our lives, most people's words don't match their own vision. They envision a good life, but they speak of a broken life. They envision a better life, but they speak of a worse life. They envision financial success, but they speak of financial poverty. They envision restoration, but all they can speak about is division and discord. And a man's life will be filled with the produce of his lips. Because death and life are in the power of your tongue. Look at that next point. 
Every time we open our mouths, we unleash the power of heaven or the power of hell. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but God and Satan work through the power of our words. God and Satan work through the power of our words. Let me ask you a question today. Are your words creating an avenue for God to work on your behalf? Or are your words becoming open doors through which the enemy will steal, kill, and destroy? Are your words a vehicle for God's blessing? Or are your words an open door for Satan's destruction? Because death and life are in the power of our words. And every time we open our mouths, we're releasing the power of heaven or the power of hell. Every time we're opening our mouths, we're creating, think about this, a platform. Your words create a platform for God to work or for Satan to destroy your life and the life of the people that you care about. Genesis chapter 1, we know God works through words. He works, of course, through his own words. Genesis 1 verse 1 through 3 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, Let there be. Let there be light, and there was light. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God spoke into existence. He worked through the power of his own words. And when you read the Bible, you find out that God works through words. Every time God wanted to do something in the earth, you know what God do? God would raise up a prophet. God would raise up a prophetess. God would raise up a man. God would raise up a woman that would begin to decree and begin to declare what God wanted to do. Maybe it was a path of restoration. Maybe it was the repercussions of sin and judgment. But every time that God worked, before God worked the work, God spoke the word. Why? Because God works through the power of our words. But not only does God work through the power of our words, but Satan also works through the power of our words. James, look at this scripture, James chapter 3. James gives us this amazing insight into how our words can work, not only for the positive, but for the negative. Not only to release heaven, but also our words can release hell. Listen to what he says. He says, even so the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. It's amazing how just a few words, how one word rightly spoken can do amazing things and how one word wrongly spoken can do devastating things. I have met people, Kelly and I have ministered to people who 20 years later still carry around the weight of a word that was spoken over them. They carry around the burden of a label that was placed upon them when they were in the fifth grade, in the eighth grade, as a senior in high school. And now they're 30, 40, 50, 60, somebody, sometimes 70 and 80 years old. And they're still carrying the weight of that one word on their life. That is disconnecting them and undermining their ability to be the person that God has called them to be. Listen to what James goes on and says in verse 6. He says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. A tongue that is not redeemed, a mouth that is not filled with the words of God is a mouth, unfortunately, that will be filled with the words of wickedness and iniquity, perversion and sin and corruption. And if you don't believe that man's mouths are filled with iniquity and sin, then just listen to what people talk about in the break room. Listen to the stuff that's scrolling across social media. There is a world of iniquity shut up in the mouths of people. And perversion and corruption and immorality 
all these things that are flowing out of the hearts and the mouths of people. James says, a mouth unredeemed, a mouth not filled with the fullness of God becomes a world of iniquity. Look what he says. He says, the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. It defiles the whole body. Think about that. Your words have the power to equip you physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally to live the life God has called you to live or your words have the power to defile you. That negative self-talk. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of words run through our mind as we have self-talk constantly going on. And it is that self-talk in our minds and in our mouths that really defile us. Jesus said, you're not defiled from without, you're defiled from within. For out of the heart, he says, come all these things. And out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth begins to speak. And all of a sudden, we begin to recognize that the most important voice in your life, I want you to hear this today, the most important voice in your life, apart from the voice of God, is your voice. God's voice is the most important. But under God's voice, the most important voice in your life is your voice. It's not what the world says about you. It's what you say about you. Well, I'm just dumb. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to succeed. Nobody's going to really love me. I'll never be known. I'll never be loved. I'll never be accepted. I'll never be a success. I can never change. I'm just doomed to be the person I've always been. It's not what the world says about you, and it's not even what the devil says about you. It's what we say about ourselves that either defiles us or empowers us to be the person God has created us to be. James goes on and says that not only does an unredeemed tongue that's not filled with the words of God, does it defile the whole body, but it sets on fire the course of nature. The word there for nature is the sin nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Satan will fan the flames of your words. He will feed and fuel those negative, critical, judgmental, ungodly, unbiblical, half-truths that want to fill your mouth. And he will set on fire with the flames of hell. The very things that God wanted to use to bless you will become the thing that will curse you. Because it will be defiled by the words that you speak. Have you ever seen a negative person get blessed? I mean, y'all know, don't look at your neighbor, but y'all know there are some negative people out there, right? And if you've ever been around a negative person for any amount of time, you find out they, 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 are, they speak death and decay and destruction and demise and hurt and sorrow all the time. And, and if, if you ever watch one of those negative people I mean, God just, in His mercy and His grace, just blesses their socks off. And it won't be a week. And the thing that God gave them to bless them will at least somehow in their minds become a burden that now they have to bear. And what was intended to elevate them out of their negativity and their death actually becomes something else that now weighs them down and pushes them deeper into despair and hopelessness all because of the words that they speak about the blessing 
that God gives. I've seen business people ask God to give them more business, and then when they get more business, they complain about the more business that they have because now they've got to work harder. Duh. <laughs> Psalms 39, I want you to see this. Because the realization of the power of our words means that we have to watch our words. We have to pay attention to the words that are coming out of our mouth. Psalms 39 and Psalms 141 is the Psalms that's written by David. Listen to what David said in Psalms 39. He says, I will guard my ways least I sin with my tongue. How many of you know that we, we can sin with our tongue pretty quickly? <laughs> least I sin with my tongue. Listen to what he says. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I'm going to guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue, and I'm going to set a muzzle on my mouth while I am in the presence of the wicked. Why does that matter? Why is that last little phrase, while I'm in the presence of the wicked, matter? Let me tell you why it matters. Have you ever been in a conversation where the Holy Spirit says, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet? And everything in your flesh says, speak, 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 speak. In that moment, God is not trying to restrain you from vindicating yourself. See, the world says, well, ain't nobody going to walk over me. I'm going to stand up for myself. And I understand in the right place and in the right heart and in the right attitude, that is absolutely correct. But how many of you recognize that much of what comes out of those moments is not really a vindication of justice as much as it is a revenge of hurt to assault the character of the person that we felt just assaulted us. And when God, by the Holy Spirit, is telling you, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, He is not trying to refrain you from vindicating yourself. He is trying to refrain you from hanging yourself. Because words have power. And the Bible says, and that whatsoever we sow, that shall we also reap. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. See, God knows something. God knows that when you're in the, wicked, when you're in the presence of the wicked and you are tempted to retaliate, God understands that your words of retaliation become the seeds that will one day produce a harvest back in your life. And God loves you so much, he says, shut up, dummy. I don't know if you've ever heard the Holy Spirit say that every now and then. He'll say that to me. Just be quiet. Sometimes I got to walk away. Sometimes I got to go to the other room. Sometimes I got to put the phone down. Sometimes I got to hang up the phone. Sometimes I got to get off social media. Sometimes I got to do whatever I got to do. But there are moments where you recognize that God is trying to save you by muzzling your mouth so that you don't speak death instead of life over your life. Because let me tell you something. Even when you curse your enemies, you curse yourself. Because you can't live a life of cursing people and not be cursed by people. Because what you sow always comes back into your life. Look at Psalms 141. David says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. Let me tell you why this is so important. Matthew 
Matthew chapter 12, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus said, but I say to you that every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And for every idle word, that little phrase, oh, it catches me. Every idle word that comes out of your mouth. Not just what you say in the pulpit in front of church when there's a bunch of people watching you. <laughs> what you say behind closed doors when nobody else is hearing you but the people in your family. It's what you say when nobody else is hearing you but yourself because you're talking to yourself. Every idle word that comes out of your mouth on the day of judgment, you're going to give an account. This is not our salvation. We're not saved by the words that we speak. We're saved by, by, faith through, by, saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Our salvation is in our faith in the finished work of Christ. But we're going to give an account for the words that we speak. And our words are going to justify us or our words are going to condemn us when we stand before the Lord. There are some heroes of the faith in, in my life. One particular man that I will not name his name. I have walked. I have seen him walk through trials and tribulations. I've seen his character be attacked by people. I've seen people say things about him that are 100% absolutely not true. And I have seen this man in the secret place of his own life never utter a word against him. <laughs> See, when God, when God, you read the Bible, Jesus is just kind of crazy, right? Because you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, bless those who curse you. And pray for those who persecute you. You know why? It's not because he's lost his mind. He's saying bless those who curse you and pray for those who persecute you because Jesus understands the power of our words. And Jesus is trying again not to keep us from vindicating ourselves. He's trying to keep us from hanging ourselves. And he's desiring to prosper us even when the world tries to curse us. And all of a sudden you see the wisdom of God because one day my words are going to justify me. One day my words are going to condemn me. Look at that next point. Our words have spiritual authority over every realm. The physical, spiritual, relational, and financial realms of your life are all controlled by the power of your words. Everything in our lives is shaped by the power of our words. Every area of your life. Words are spiritual. They, they, they have spiritual authority that overrides every realm that we live in. The physical realm, the financial realm, the relational realm, and the spiritual realm is all affected by the words that we speak. And if you're not happy with what's happening physically in your life, you need to change your words. If you're not happy with what's happening relationally in your life, you need to change your words. If you're not happy with what's happening financially in your life, you need to change your words. And if you're not happy with what's happening spiritually in your life, you need to change your words because your life is being filled with the fruit of your lips. That doesn't mean bad things don't happen to good people. That doesn't mean that everything automatically always works in your favor. But it does mean that God watches over His Word to perform it. And if I'm faithful to do what God says to do, you can be sure God will be faithful to do what He said He would do. Amen? And one day I'll reap the right harvest if I'll continue to sow the right seed. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, what a great verse. The Bible says this. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God spoke the world. By faith we understand that. By faith we understand that everything that we see that God has made 
was not made by something visible. It was made by something audible. Think about that. It was not made by something visible. You couldn't touch it, taste it, feel it, but you could speak it. It was the Word of God. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said to the disciples, I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Our words have power. Our words will shape our world. Think about it like this. Your words are the building block by which your world will be shaped and constructed. And if I don't like the building I'm getting, i got to give the contractor some new material. If I'm tired of broke, busted, and disgusted, then I've got to give him something of value and significance and substance so that my life can be shaped and framed by the words that I speak. We have creative power because we were created in the very image of God. And what we say on earth is established in the heavens. And what is established in the heavens then becomes manifested in the earth. Our words create a cycle of life that begin to manifest God's glory in our world. Listen to what it says. It doesn't say whatsoever you bind in heaven is bound on earth. It says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And the heaven here is not where God lives. It's the spirit realm. So what I say on earth with my words establishes something in the spirit realm because, it, because God and the devil work through my words. So my words become a platform for God to work or for Satan to work. Every time I open my mouth on earth, I give a platform for God to work or a platform for Satan to work. Every time I say something on earth, I open a door for God to work or I open a door for the devil to work in my life. And when there is an open door in the heavens, there is now then a manifestation on earth. So it's my word on earth that establishes what's in the heavenlies that manifests what happens physically in our lives. It's that cycle of life. And if you don't grab it, guess what will happen? You'll end, up, you'll end up cursing God. And you'll end up cursing your life. And you'll end up cursing the people you love. And you'll end up cursing who you are and what God intended you to be. Instead of establishing and releasing God's favor and God's blessing over you. Last point, here it is. Over the next three weeks, we're going to learn how through praise, prayer, and prophecy, how that we can unleash the power of God in our lives and our families and in our world. When you talk about praise and you talk about prayer and you talk about prophecy, those three things are weapons of warfare. They are the tools that God has given us to establish and build the life that he has purposed and planned for us. And not only does prayer, praise, and prophecy affect my life, it affects my family, but it also affects my world. Because your words don't just affect your life, your words affect our world. <laughs> Scientifically, it's been proven all our words are still out there. And not only are they still out there, they're still changing things. See, when you understand the power of prayer, you won't be discouraged if you don't see it in your lifetime because you'll know your prayers have the power to prevail even when you're dead and gone. Because what is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. And what is loosed in heaven 
is then manifested in the earth. And all of a sudden there's a cycle of life or a cycle of death based on the words that we speak. Let's bow our heads together today. Two questions. I'm going to ask you a question I asked you at the beginning of this message. If everything you said this past week was manifested in your life today, would it be good or bad? If everything you said this past week in your life was manifested today, would it be good or bad? Would you be closer to what God has called you to be or would you be further away from it? Would you have an open door for God to work or would there be an open door for Satan to destroy your life? Your words matter. And like David, we got to ask the Lord today, God, just set a guard over my mouth. That's a good prayer. God, set a guard over my mouth. Help me to watch over every word that I speak. And Lord, today I just want to open my mouth wide. And God, I want you to fill my mouth with your words. If you're, to hear, if you're here today and you're a believer, you're here today and you know that Jesus is Lord of your life, this is a great prayer for you right now. If you're watching online, man, this is a prayer that will change your life. God, set a guard over my mouth. And Lord, I open wide my mouth and I ask you to fill it. Just fill my mouth today, God, with your words. This is a holy moment that God wants to do a work in your life. Maybe you've realized there are some words that have been coming out of your mouth that are not life, they're death, and they're not blessing, they're curses. Let me give you some good news. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. David said, Lord, I don't want to sin with my mouth because that's what we do. Every time you curse what God has blessed, every time you speak death where God intended to be life, you've sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've missed the mark. And today we can confess that as sin. God, I ask you to forgive me of the words that I've been speaking. Create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, God, would please you. Man, this is a great day just to do good business with God. The last thing I want to do is we do every Sunday, and that is that if you're here today or you're watching online and you realize, you know what, Pastor Keith? I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that we have to believe in our heart and then we have to do something else. We have to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. See, even your salvation is wrapped up in the words that you speak. Who are you confessing as Lord over your life? Let me tell you your greatest enemy. The greatest enemy of God is not the devil. The greatest enemy of God is you. That you will be Lord of your life. I'm going to make, the, I'm going to make the, the calls, God. I'm going to call the shots. I'm going to live life my way. And you can live life your way all the way to hell. And every step of the way, you'll be living your life in total opposition to the will of God because Jesus loves you and he died for you. And God wants to redeem you. And if you've never been born again, that's what Jesus called it. You must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born again. Salvation is not an intellectual decision. Salvation is a spiritual decision that comes by faith. And if that truth bomb went off in your heart today, you realize right now you've never been born again and Jesus is not the Lord of your life. And you want to change that today. You want to accept him right now. I just want you to raise your hand all over this building. Just slip your little hand up right now. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. His hands are going up. We're about to pray. If you raise your hand, our ushers are going to come. We're going to put a packet in your hand because we want to follow up with you. We want to help you take that next step. If you're watching online, 
You can hit that hand emoji. You can just type in that chat box. I'm raising my hand, but God is looking at you right now. If you do not know that you know that you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life, today is your day. And God brought you here, not to hear a sermon, but God brought you here because He wants to save your soul, because you matter to Him. I'm going to give you just about 10 more seconds. If you need to raise your hand, just raise your hand right now. Just slip it up. Nobody's looking but you and Jesus, but I'm going to tell you those are the two people that matter most. God cares about you. So for those of you that raised your hand here in-house and those of you online, let's pray this prayer together. I'm going to ask everybody in the room to say it with me. Let's say it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and my life. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. And I receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. If you pray that prayer, welcome to the family. There's a card on the front of that packet. There's a link there online for you to let us know that you made that decision today. We want to help you, and we want to walk with you. If you will, fill out that information and uh, turn it in today in person and click that link online. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great day in the Lord. You are dismissed.